Good morning. I was glad when they said unto me, Come, let us go into the house of the Lord, for our feet stand within your gates, O Jerusalem. It's good to see everyone this morning. How's everyone doing? Good. Man, can we give it up for our worship team this morning? Man, thank you, thank you. You know, in Psalm, Psalm 100, it says, Make a joyful noise, all the earth. Thank you, Candy, for taking us also into the presence of God. I was about ready to just give the altar call there, call it a service. Um, my name is Joshua. I am one of the pastoral interns here at, at the Brook. Um, grateful for the ministry of Pastor Eric and uh, for even extending out his hand of fellowship to uh, bring me along and to um, learn from him as much as I can um, in my time here. I've been an intern since August, and uh, those, these past few months have really been transformational, and I'm, I'm very thankful for uh, just the way that he's poured into my life. Um, the way that he's pastored me and he's, he's discipling me. Um, I'm thankful also for the Brooke family. I'm so thankful to know you all um, for just the fellowship and for, for the love and the welcome that you continue to show me every single day. Um, genuinely, truly love each and every one of you. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> we love you, God. I got to do that for, for Jeremy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a mess. Uh, <laughs> This morning, I want to I wanna talk out of Jeremiah chapter 9. Jeremiah chapter 9. So if you have uh, your copy of Scripture this morning, if you could turn there. Uh, do you mind, this morning as I was, I was walking to my car, um, I was just really thinking about, man, I'm thankful for the, for the community of believers. I'm thankful for brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, it's just amazing to see how God really brings people into your life in different seasons, um, the right people at the right time to provide just a word of encouragement. This morning, um, I was re- receiving messages from family, from friends, from, um, from people just encouraging me, saying that they're praying for me, that they're thinking about me as I'm here to, to preach to you this morning. And man, you know, it got my mind thinking of what, what, does, what does fellowship really look like in other settings? Like, what, what, what does encouragement look like for people who don't follow, follow Christ? What does it sound like? What are, what are they saying to encourage people? And so I'll, this morning, I just wanted to brag on God for a little bit, and that's actually something I want to talk about this morning, uh, just about our boast in the Lord. And it's an opportunity for us to brag on our great God. Um, so if you're able to, can you stand with me this morning? Um, if you don't have a Bible in front of you, or if you don't have a Bible with you, there is a Bible in front of you in your chair. Please feel free to take that home with you. It's a gift from us from the brook. Um, you can find our passage this morning in page 638, um, Jeremiah chapter 9, uh, verses 23 and 24. I just want to read the, the passage, breathe a word of prayer, and... Uh, Hear from the Lord this morning. It says, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast in his might, let not the rich man boast in his riches, but let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things... I delight, declares the Lord. This is the word of our God. 
you bow your head and pray with me. Father, thank you. Thank you for this day that you have made. We rejoice and are glad in it. God, thank you for each and every person here in this room. We thank you, Lord Father, for uh, the unity that we have in the blood of Jesus Christ, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit that is in this place. We thank you, Lord God, that you have shown yourself to us through your word and through your son, Jesus. And God, many of us come this morning bearing burdens, anxiety. We come bearing loads and weights upon our shoulders. Some of us are here curious to know about who you are, curious to know about God, curious to know what this this word, this Bible has to say about our lives. So God, wherever we come with this morning, we, we come and we lay it down at your feet. We ask, God, that you will meet us here. You have a message for each and every one of us this morning. So I pray, God, that your message will be heard loud and clear, that your message will be a word of encouragement that will help us get through Monday, will help us get through Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, And God, that when we gather again on Sunday, God, that we will be able to proclaim your faithfulness and your goodness. God, at this time, I want to ask, would you open our hearts that we may receive your word, open our ears that we may hear your truth, open our eyes to to see the beauty and the glory of who you are. I just want to pray for myself, Lord. Let me not lean on my capabilities or my abilities. God, for that hinders the work of the Holy Spirit. Hide me behind your cross. Fill me, God, with your spirit that I may speak your message. Not my message, your message. God, would you be glorified in this place. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Now, as we, as we look in this passage, a lot of different things have, have come to my mind as I've been studying this, these two verses. These two verses that are, are rich with truth rich with wisdom. And when we think about, when we think about boasting, sometimes we associate that with, with greatness. We associate that with, with accolades or accomplishments, significance. So a few people, as I think about boasting, a few people come to mind. We think about people and historically, people like Alexander the Great, Alexander of Macedon, who at a very young age when we look back at history, we see that he had such a powerful empire, being able to conquer kingdoms, and lands, and regions, all at a young age of, of 33, where, he, where we find that he died. We think about people like Harriet Tubman, who defied odds, who defied standards, who was born in the rural south where slavery continued to exist, and she escaped only to find that she would return back to the South to free slaves through the Underground Railroad. This greatness. And we can also think, when we think about greatness, people of Chicagoland, we talk about Michael Jordan, his greatness, his accomplishments. We talk about the championships, the MVPs, the scoring titles. We talk about Defensive Player of the Year. We talk about how he has set above the rest. He is the standard of comparison to Kobe Bryant and to LeBron James. We also, 
talk about how he took a brief hiatus in baseball, and he comes back to win three more championships, something, a feature that's never really been done before. When we talk about greatness, we see and we, we picture these people of great significance. We, we put them on a pedestal, and we're filled with awe and wonder. But oftentimes when we put ourselves next to them, it feels like we're inadequate, that we're not great, that we don't have anything that we can boast about. But this morning, we come to this point in this text. We're at a juncture where Jeremiah isn't necessarily boasting about Israel's greatness or the people of God's greatness. Rather, we find here in chapters 8 and 9 of his grieving. He is grieving for the people of God. He's grieving because the people of God have turned away from their true boasting and have begun boasting in themselves. They've been boasting in worldly things rather than in the Lord. So this morning, I hope that after this message, we look within ourselves and we ask, where do we find our true boasting? Where do we find our significance, our worth, our value, our greatness? Just to, to talk a little bit about Jeremiah, he, he is a, a, a prophet chosen by God at a very young age to be the mouth of God to the people of God. He was chosen, and he was set apart for this very mission to call out and to, to correct the people of God, to correct their living, to correct their heart. But when we see in the Old Testament, we see this unhealthy pattern of idolatry. We see this unhealthy pattern of rebellion continuously going on in the people of God. That once they begin to be in a season of prosperity and peace, they forget who brings that prosperity and peace. And they say, this is what we've achieved. This is what we've gained for ourselves. And so this, this morning we come to this, these two verses here. In the midst of Jeremiah's grievance for, for his people, as they've been prophesied for destruction, this is an exhortation that he gives for his listeners. An exhortation for us to listen for ourselves and to check within ourselves. The first verse, it begins like this. Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. Typically, when we see repetition, this should turn our attention and begin to ask the question, what is the significance? Why is this theme being repeated? Let not this and this boast in this. Let not this person boast in this. Let not this person boast in this. Well, to put it plain and simple, it's a clear indication that we shouldn't be doing this. That when it repeats, it's something that I say, okay, maybe this is something that we shouldn't find ourselves doing. So the Lord says through Jeremiah to his people, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man boast in his might and let not the, the rich man boast in his riches. When we talk about these three elements, when we talk about wisdom, might, and riches, it's not that those things in and of themselves are bad things. 
Those are actually good things that we ought to pursue. We ought to pursue wisdom. We ought to pursue strength. We can pursue wealth in a godly way. But the, I'll, I'll take that, I'll take that, I'll take that. But what it comes down to is, when we begin to pursue these things, are we replacing these things where God should be sitting as Lord over our lives? So it's not to say that wisdom in and of itself is wrong, that might in and of itself is wrong, or valor, if we want to use it in historical context, valor, or riches in and of itself is wrong, but it's the way that in which we steward these things and pursue these things. Are we pursuing it for selfish gain, or is it to glorify our God? See, when we take a look at these three things, we notice there's this, this is oftentimes tied with kingdom and with empire. So if you can imagine with me, the people of God, once they found themselves in this prosperous season, in this time of peace, where they see themselves thriving, they begin to find their security in the kingdom and not in the king who is the Lord. They begun to say, we've gained all the wisdom in the world. We've gained all the might. Look at our empire. We've gained all the riches that we can receive by our own strength, by our own might, by our own power, rather than remembering that it was the God who delivered you out of Israel who gave you these things. Oftentimes, we can find ourselves in the same pattern. When, when the Lord begins to bless us abundantly, when the Lord begins to provide and He gives us wisdom, might, riches, in different forms and in different ways, we can get so caught up in what we have received in our hands that we forget to look up at the one who gives it to us. And so when Jeremiah exhorts his readers, let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast in his might, and let not the rich man boast in his riches, It's an exhortation for us not to forget who these things come from. But then all of a sudden it shifts into verse 24. It says, But let him who boasts, boast in this. There's a lot of very significant buts in Scripture. This, This word is to provide a contrast to what came before. That we ought not to find ourselves boasting in these things, but it says, let him who boasts, boast in this. That he understands and knows me. That I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. Just want to backtrack briefly. When we talk about boasting, the root word is the word hallel, where we get our word hallelujah. So when we talk about the things in which that we boast in, the question that we can ask ourselves is, what is receiving our hallelujah? What is receiving our praise? Is wisdom, worldly wisdom, receiving our praise? Is that what we are pursuing? Is worldly might what we are pursuing? Is worldly Riches, what we are pursuing. Is this receiving our hallelujahs? 
But it says, let him who boasts, let him who glories and praises boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness. When we look at that description of the Lord God, in other translations, another version of the Bible says, I am the Lord who exercises steadfast love, justice, and righteousness. This understanding of practices and exercises is not just an action, but it describes who He is. The way that this word is used, it's a verb that's used to describe someone. So what we see in this is not a God who sits idly on a throne above, expecting the worship of His people, but this is a God who actively lives out who He is. This is part of who he is. He is steadfast love. He is justice and he is righteousness. And that when he acts upon these things, he's acting upon himself. He's acting within the character of who he is. We're given these descriptions of who God is. It says steadfast love, justice, and righteousness. I actually like the way that the New American Standard puts it. He practices loving kindness. Justice and righteousness. This understanding of loving kindness. Undeserved mercy. We see time and time again in in history of the Bible where God shows His loving kindness. He shows loving kindness to Lot and his family. When they were caught in Sodom and Gomorrah, He delivered them out of destruction. We see God's loving kindness In the people of Nineveh, they were destined and they were called out, prophesied to doom. But in His loving kindness, God shows mercy and He saves them. People who we don't think would deserve loving kindness, God shows and exercises loving kindness. Let me bring that a little bit more into perspective. You and I are undeserving of loving kindness. The Bible tells us that we are sinners. We are so far removed that we are the least deserving of loving kindness. But yet God demonstrates His love in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He shows steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. In these things, in these things of steadfast love, in these things of justice, and in these things of righteousness, God delights. These are qualities and attributes of who He is. And when He sees His people living these things out, it takes, it, he, he delights in it. So this is a word for us that it's a call for us to boast in the Lord, but also boast that the Lord is the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness. And it's a call for us that if we are the people of God, We ought to be living differently from this world. That we shouldn't be finding our boasting in wisdom or might and riches. We find our boasting in the Lord and we should be living in that light. That we ought to practice steadfast love, justice, and righteousness as people of God. The Word of God tells us in in John chapter 13, By this all men will know that you are my disciples for the way that you have love for one another. And we can say that about steadfast love, justice, and righteousness. That if God is a God of steadfast love, if God is a God of justice, 
And if God is a God of righteousness, that those qualities are things that we ought to be exemplifying in our life. You know, sometimes it can be difficult for us to do that in our workplaces and in our schools. It can be difficult for us to do that even within our family. Sometimes to show steadfast love. Sometimes to show justice. Sometimes to show righteousness. And we fall short. That's just human of us. But we serve a God who is greater. We serve a God who is able to overcome our circumstances. And where we fall short, He is sufficient in His graces. Let him who boasts, boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, I take pleasure in, declares the Lord. What this passage tells us is that the things that the world oftentimes uses to set a standard of greatness of boasting, of things worth boasting in. Those things are feeble. Those things fall short. They fade compared to the glory of the Lord, compared to the qualities of God. Wisdom. You can pursue all the wisdom in the world, but if you don't know the one who is wisdom, it means nothing. You can boast and you can gain all the might, all the fame in the world, but if you don't know the famous one, you don't know anyone. You can boast in having acquired all the wealth, all the riches in the world. But if you don't have the Lord, you are the poorest of them all. That's why it says, that him who boasts, boasts in this, that I am the Lord. You see, wisdom, might, and riches comes from the Lord. Steadfast love, justice, and righteousness is the Lord. So it's a call for us to know the Lord, to pursue the Lord, to boast in the Lord. So what does that mean for us? Oftentimes we leave knowing all these things, but we ask this question, so what? Why why does this matter? You see, in, in the kingdom of God, he operates on a different set of standards. That's why when Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, He talks about how he puts his boasting, he puts his confidence in these things. He puts his confidence in Christ. Knowing that the cross, the symbol of the cross, it was given. It was given to to shame the wise. The symbol of the cross was given to shame the strong. That's why he clings onto this. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, that we have, this, we have this treasure. We have this treasure in jars of clay. He says this to show us that what is inside of us is far greater, far more valuable than what is outside of us. He uses this picture of jars of clay to show that though on the outside we are broken, on the inside, We are whole. On the inside, we have been made pure. On the inside is where we find our riches. And we can even find that here. We can find the picture of Jesus Christ in these two verses. Though these two verses might not be explicitly talking about Jesus Christ, we can see Jesus in this. 
in that he is the wisdom of God, in that he is the strength of God, and that he is the riches of God. He is the wisdom because the wisdom of the cross surpasses the foolishness of this world. We have the picture of the cross in that when Jesus Christ overcame sin and death, he displayed the mighty power of God, only the power, of, only the power that God can show in raising people from the dead. And when we talk about the riches of God, we talk about the inheritance that we receive in Christ Jesus. That when we give our lives to him, when we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, we receive a spirit of adoption, that we are welcomed into the family of God. We inherit his kingdom. And in Jesus Christ, we see steadfast love. We see justice and we see righteousness. We see the steadfast love of God in him showing us mercy, though we did not deserve mercy. We see the justice of God making right all of the wrong. We see the righteousness of God in that we receive righteousness for our sins through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so I want to exhort you this morning, boast in the Lord. It's easy for us to succumb into comparison for us to compare ourselves to people next to us, to our work, to our, our work colleagues. It's easy for us, even as students, to compare ourselves with our grades and with our performance to say that we don't have anything to boast in. But the Bible tells us we have the greatest thing of all that we can boast in, and that's in the Lord. That is in the Lord. And if there's any word of encouragement for you, some of you might be here wondering, where can I find my significance? Where can I find my worth? Where can I find my value? It's in the Lord. And you bow your heads and pray with me. I want to invite the, the worship team up here. An opportunity for us to respond to this word. Some of us might have come in here not knowing who God is. This is your first time checking out church. And oftentimes you've been trying to find your worth, trying to find your value, trying to find what you can contribute to society through accumulating knowledge, wealth, pursuit of fame, thinking that those will solve and fix your problem but then you continue to find yourself empty and broken. You continue to find yourself looking for more. The Word of God, Jesus gives this invitation. He says, come to me all who are weary. I will give you rest. It's an invitation for you to be satisfied with your unrest. To be satisfied with Him to find peace where only the Lord can give peace. The Bible says, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And if that's you, it's an opportunity for you to repent of your sins, to turn away and to say, Lord, I've, I've been 
sinning, I've been, I've been walking in this lifestyle, and I've been left empty, I've been left broken, searching after more. I want this fullness, I want this boasting, I want this satisfaction that you offer. And the second one is, is for, for the followers of Jesus Christ. It closes in this passage. It says, For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. In, in, in steadfast love, justice, and righteousness. And it's an opportunity that we can look within ourselves and think, in what ways have we been exercising steadfast love, justice, and righteousness as extensions of God? Last week we learned about Boaz and how he was an extension of God's extraordinary kindness. The same word that is used here to demonstrate loving kindness. It's an opportunity for us to pray and ask the Lord, God, who can I show loving kindness to? In what ways can I practice justice? In what ways can I show your righteousness? It's an opportunity for us to partner in the kingdom work of God. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you, God, for meeting us here, Lord. God, oftentimes we find our, our hope, our assurance of who we are in the things of this world, in the things that this world would say is more valuable. But God, we seek after wisdom, and yet we're left seeking after more. We seek after might, after fame, but yet we still find ourselves seeking for attention. We find ourselves seeking after riches, but yet once we receive these riches, we're still unhappy and unsatisfied, thinking that by spending, we can satisfy ourselves. But God, you are the ultimate satisfaction. You are the ultimate delight. So God, I pray for people who are here this morning who might be discouraged. Remind them, God, that it's this God who delivered the nation of Israel out of Egypt. It is this God who saved Daniel from the lion's den. It is this God who is even able to forgive the sins of people like David and the people like Paul that draws near to us. So God, we come we ask God for your work. In Jesus' name. I want to ask God if you would stand, please. I want to ask our prayer counselors if you would come to the front, to the back. As the word was preached this morning, I hope that you were listening and I hope.